0: Oh, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to have a very special guest with us. And uh, for, I would say probably for many of you uh, that listen to, um, to the Belk on Business Podcast, you're not going to be familiar with Sean, uh, but you're going to get to know him a little bit here over the next uh, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, we have a conversation. And what I'm going to try to do uh, is really um, kind of pull uh, out of Sean's head a little bit, both uh, talking about family inside of our business, which I think I know for myself is uh, is kind of a difficult area maybe for you as well. And then uh, also uh, talking a little bit about goal setting. And uh, Sean will tell us a little bit later on the story of kind of how he had developed a kind of a little bit of, a, of a, a blueprint, maybe for lack of a better term, on basically taking a goal or a dream to the point of action. So uh, Sean Thompson, uh, so Sean is a, uh, is a, I guess, a real estate investor, multifamily investor, uh, out of Texas, correct? Uh, right. Stay correct. Okay. Uh, out of Texas, and uh, we've had the opportunity to meet in, uh, I guess, different venues around the uh, around the country uh, through the years. And an individual I've come really to admire, uh, just beyond the fact he's a successful business uh, business person, but uh, but the fact that he obviously has a great love for his family and a passion for life and uh, someone I've uh, been able to see kind of develop uh, just um, uh, as a business person, but also just as a, as a person in general uh, here over the last few years that I've gotten to know him. Sean, it uh, kind of as a point of introduction. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about your journey, you know, who you are, how you got to where you're at, and kind of what you do on a day-to-day perspective?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Josh. Those are really kind words. I appreciate you saying those things about me. Uh, hopefully, I can live up to that during the podcast here and give some good information for your audience and. And hopefully they'll get something out of it. Um, my journey is pretty simple. I worked most of my life. You know, I, I grew up, um, my parents taught me. I was the last of eight kids. My parents were older uh, parents. They th- went through the t- uh, Great Depression and World War II and stuff like that. So they, they, I kind of learned a, a specific way of living, you know, that work really hard, uh, save your money, uh, and, and that'll get you as far as you can get in life, right? And so I've always worked for somebody else my whole life. And I was found myself the, my whole kind of my whole career thinking there's got to be something better out there for me. There's got to be more. I've always had business ideas and wanted to try and start businesses and dabbled in a few things here and there. And uh, so my whole life, I've kind of wanted to do other things, but I was always felt responsible for to my family and, and, you know, just being a hard worker and bringing home a paycheck. Right. So I found myself, I think it was about 38, almost 40 uh, in between jobs And I just said to myself, I'm not going to, that's it. I'm not going to get another job. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to, I'm going to create something for myself. And in my thirties, early thirties, I read the, you know, the, the pivotal book for most everybody, the the rich dad, poor dad book. And uh, I knew real estate was a a path that uh, could get me to the riches that I was looking for and the financial freedom I was looking for. But I had no clue really how to do it other than being able to buy my own house. And, you know, that kind of thing, I'd bought a few houses for myself at that point. But um, so I, I always wanted to do a real estate. So one, at one point I just kind of decided I'm just going to buy a house and figure this out. You know, I didn't know how to make it a business um, at that point, but I just thought, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to see if I can make this happen. So I went and bought a house and um, with the intention of fixing it up and I actually moved my family in, I was going to fix it up, move my family in and then, and then resell it for profit at some point, in the, you know, in the near future. And during that time, that process, my contractor on the rehab of that property was um, just bought a Homevestors franchise. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with Homevestors, but it's the We Buy Ugly Houses people, you'll see their billboards too in the different cities around the country, but um, they created a system for exactly what I was looking to do. I wanted to buy and sell property, right? Yeah. So I went went and bought. So as soon as I learned about the uh, Homevesters franchise from my contractor, I went down and bought a franchise. That was my my step into the business that I've been looking for. I've been looking for a way to make real estate a business uh, because I'd only, you know, at that point, I'd only known how to buy the one or two houses. So with with HomeBusters, I uh, was with them for a couple of years, and their their role in my business in my life wasn't really kind of what I thought it should be. And so we kind of had, had a little bit of a disagreement of what they what their role was in my life. So I went on my own without HomeBusters, and since then I've just been my own, uh, running my own business uh, in single family. And the goal for me has always been income. Uh, you know, I always always wanted to have monthly income. Flipping houses and, and wholesaling houses was never really um, something I enjoyed doing. I it was a kind of a necessary thing to get my rental property portfolio built up. Uh, so I built um, enough houses or sold enough houses so that I could keep enough houses uh, to try and keep a rental portfolio. And one day I was just thinking to myself, this isn't going as fast as I need it to. It's not going as you know as uh, as quickly as I need it to um, to accumulate rental properties. So I thought there's gotta be a better way to do this. And ever since I was younger, I thought, you know, you would drive down the, I would drive down the highway and think to myself, if I could just own one of those apartment buildings that I'd be set. Right. You know, that was always my, (laughs) my mind, you know, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Just buying one apartment complex doesn't, doesn't fix your problems. Right. But, um, but I always thought that, so I thought, well, if I could just buy some apartment buildings, I'd be, I'd be set. And so, I didn't think that was possible for me because I always thought you know high finance guys did that stuff, Wall Street guys, hedge funds, REITs. They, they're the ones that own that big real estate. And I met Corey Peterson, who um, was that was one of a member of one of my masterminds, my single family masterminds, the Investor field Mastermind. And he told me his story, or he told us his story as part of a presentation. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, I, you know, I've got to, I've got to do this because he, you know, he was successfully transitioned from single family into multifamily and was do, doing syndications and and all these uh, things that, that led to buying apartments. And, and I said, you got to, you have to teach me how to do this. So luckily he had an education component to his business and he laid the foundation for getting my business started. And so once we started that, um, we, you know, decided to go to multifamily full time. We, we sort of shut down. It took me about a year to really kind of go from decision or from, from seeing Corey initially and deciding that, Hey, I think this is what we really need to do and making that transition to uh, multifamily from single family, because I had a, you know, I had a successful small successful uh, single family real estate business. And, you know, I, I was having to ask myself, do I want to give this up to go to the next thing that that's uncertain, right? It was, I wasn't sure if this was, I could make this successful. And it took me about a year to kind of develop the belief that I could do that and kind of be comfortable with, with, with making that transition. And that's, you know, that's kind of, that was decision time. And then for the last two and a half years or so, we've been uh, developing our multi multifamily business. Um, and along the way, I guess I'll back up a little bit, but in the, in that process of trying to make that decision, uh, my daughter had gone to college and she expressed, you know, zero interest in being in real estate um, before, but she, she, I thought maybe I'll take a gap year in between, you know, my undergrad, and my graduate school. And she said, came to me one day and said, Hey dad, I, I want to take a gap year and travel Europe. And I said, baby, I'm, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> if anybody's going to travel to Europe, it's going to be me, you know, for a year. And she said, well, that's not why I'm, I'm talking to you. She said, I, I wanted to talk to you about creating some passive income sources so that I can go do these things without having to, you know, worry about money and have a job and those sorts of things to pay for them. And I said, okay, that's great. So we started working on a strategy for her to, you know, how many houses she needed to own and kind of what income levels she needed to be at. At that same time, I was transitioning or, or, you know, kind of building the mindset to transition out. And it kind of morphed into our discussions kind of morphed into, Hey, why don't you just join the multifamily business with me, become my partner. We'll build it together And then once we kind of get to a place that mom and I are comfortable, um, you can take over and and do whatever you want with this business. You can make it as big as you want. Right. And so that's kind of where we are. The start of our multifamily, uh, and family business uh, together started. So
0: that's interesting. Cause I wanted to touch on a little bit on as far as the family and the business. So you have your wife and your, your daughter, uh, that work inside of your business. And you talked a little bit about as far as, um, your, your daughter coming to you, as far as a a purpose, as far as why she wanted to, uh, why she wanted to get involved, and it may have been kind of more of a shorter term, one, shorter term one initially. Now, uh, through the years, I read a book uh, a number of years ago um, by the uh, one of the founders of Hobby Lobby, and he talked about the the process of d- deciding whether or not to bring his children uh, into the business. And he has he had a number of children and. Some of them showed interest, others didn't, but uh, he had kind of taken more of the stance that he felt that it was best that they work outside of the business for a while, that way they had experience versus, and then bring them back in. Um, But it sounds like um, with, with your daughter, of course, she had some, you know, some school experience, probably worked other jobs, whatever the case may be before, uh, before she entered, uh, entered into the business. But how would someone, um, uh, the process of number one, deciding to, um, to work with a spouse? Uh, inside of a business. Both my uh, my wife and I are both uh, business owners. So completely different areas. And she started her business right out of high school, um, went and actually worked, uh, started working for a um, uh, for a lady. She passed away a few months after high school, uh, uh, after she graduated from high school. So she ended up buying the business. Her dad helped her and then she's taken the business and has grown it um, exponentially since then. And then um, for myself, it was kind of when I was in corporate world and I decided I wanted to kind of get into it. And so, um, kind of going through, uh, going through this process, um, I know for, for us, we've never owned a business together and I I think it would, it may not, it probably wouldn't necessarily work for us because of the, because of the dynamic that we have. And then, um, Um, so how does that work as far as both, uh, you making a decision to work with your wife inside the business and how does that dynamic work? And then the same thing also with, um, with your daughter, I know you told us a little bit of the story, but kind of making sure that, that maybe boundaries are protected. And then, um, but I think maybe initially how, how to make that decision, um, on the, on the front end.
1: Yeah. Well, so my life is complicated. I guess it's not complicated. My life's actually quite simple, but it's different than everybody else's life. Right. So, um, I don't see life and work as separate things. I just have a life and work is just sort of woven into that. Um, you know, I'll go and work out in the middle of the day if I want to, whenever I have free time, I'll, I'll work when I need to work. Uh, we'll take vacations when we feel like it and we can make that work, you know, in our business. So we're, we're we don't really have um, as rigid, a schedule as, as some businesses require, right? Because our business doesn't have office hours. We don't have, you know, set schedules. Like, you know, you, you have an accounting firm, you have to be open at a certain time every day because your customers are going to expect to hear from you. And, you know, you can leave work every day at a certain time because your customers no longer to for you to be working. Um, for me, I don't really have that. I just work when I work and I don't work when I don't work. Right. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit peculiar the way we run our life and our business so I don't know if this would work for everybody, but the way um, the way we kind of do things is is a it's some some of it is a bit more stressful I think than it, than if we did have a fixed schedule or a fixed timeline because be, because you could shut it off okay at five o'clock we're going to stop talking about work and we're going to move to something else And our in our household it really doesn't happen that way we. It sort of does, but it, it's not quite exactly that way. We will stop working. So once, we, once we're finished with work, we're finished with work. Um, but if we have to get back to something, we will, you know, if it's seven o'clock and we're done with dinner and we have a project, we're still need to finish up for the day. We'll pull the laptops out and finish it up, you know? And so, so it's kind of different in that way. But um, the way we decided to kind of come together is we already had a relationship before as a family, right? And, and so I knew these people before I brought them into my business pretty well. And I knew that our, our skill sets in, in work were complementary. So fortunately, uh, the things that I struggle with, they're excellent at. So my, you know, my daughter's excellent at um, all the things that I have trouble with. And then so is my wife. She's you know, excellent at organizing and putting things together. Uh, so that's, that, that's number one is that our skill sets and our personalities kind of mesh well together in terms of just uh, the roles that we, that we occupy in the business too. So if you had if your spouse was a lot like you uh, and you guys had the similar skill sets, you would probably find yourself in confrontation more than necessary because you're, you know, you're just like you would have with any role in the, the job um, place. If, if you hire the wrong person or the same person as you you're, and they're trying to do a different job, it's not going to work anyway, right? You you know, the personalities just aren't going to work. So luckily we have a, a the personality types that kind of fit the, the roles that we're in. And then in terms of uh, boundaries, we try to have, you know, when we go out to dinner together or family time or something like that, we, you know, we try very hard not to talk about work, um, you know, but it kind of melds together. It's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a blurry line. So sometimes you have to just say, Hey, look, let's, let's table that for now. And let's talk about something else, you know, otherwise it'll consume, it'll consume everything you do, I think. But um, so that, that's one of the, I think the, the number one thing is that we're complementary in terms of the visions the that we take. And then we just work to respect each other's uh, free time and, and make sure that we're not doing too much work, you know, in that, in that free time area. Um, but outside of that, I don't know how strict our boundaries are necessarily. We just kind of freestyle and it seems to work pretty well. And it's, it's more of a life that we have than it is um, a worker and, and, a, and a home life it's separately. It's just kind of, we just live both both worlds. Interesting. It okay.
0: Is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Different. I wanted to before we started recording, you had uh, you had talked about um your your daughter um when you kind of brought her into the business. Yeah. Uh, and kind of identifying kind of this blueprint that you have. Uh and I, I would like to kind of for you to talk about it a little bit. I didn't even notice and you pointed it it was up behind you there. And I've heard you talk about this before. But uh, to kind of lead up to that, um, we, we have clients that, you know, they've, rece- they've achieved success in their field. So um, it may be a, a lot of our, at the, at the firm level, a lot of our clients are in real estate and, you know, they've kind of you know, built out a, a portfolio. So they kind of have this passive income stream and they may go through and, you know, create a data company, whatever the case may be. But they begin to achieve some sort of success and they want to expand what they're doing, but they don't know exactly what next steps they should take. For some of them, they aren't even quite sure that I'm kind of getting, I want to say tired or the, the challenge uh, that in the, kind of in that passion that's in the heart of an entrepreneur to go and conquer something sometimes diminishes. So they want to go find a kind of a new hill to conquer, so to speak. Um, so what sort of advice would you give to an entrepreneur who um, who's kind of uh, working through the process, trying to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the next thing that I do? And then... Um, uh, and then, kind of, how do I stick to it once I once I kind of determine what that next thing is that I uh, that I want to do?
1: Yeah. So for me, it's it's uh, I I developed this by accident, honestly. You know, I learned from Gary Harper and Eddie Wilson. They have their Empire operating system. You know, and I, I've learned from these guys and reading books and all these other things. So none of this none of this that I'm going to talk about is really my idea. It's just it's learning from other people what their strategies are and how they recommend you do things. And what happened for me was. Um, you know, I, I built my first business and things change as you go along. So I use this formula uh, really anytime I think I may want to take on a new challenge, right? And it's, it's a very quick way to take an idea, a goal, or a dream and get to action as quickly as you can, right? The whole goal for starting a, a new endeavor is to get to action. If you don't ever get to the action phase, you're, you're, you're dead in the water anyway. You can have the most brilliant dream or idea. And if you don't ever take the steps to get it done, you're, it's never going to happen. Right. So you can, you can do this whole phase. And if you don't actually go out and do anything, it's never, it's never going to become anything other than the dream that you had originally. So for me, it was like, how do I take this, this goal or this thought that I have in my head, something I want to accomplish and how do I get it to start happening as quickly as I can. But the other problem that you have is you don't want to start heading down the wrong Well, I mean, it's okay if you start heading down the wrong path, as long as you can correct it quickly, but um, you don't want to, you don't want to just go disastrous and have a disastrous startup, right? So you want to kind of think it through. So my, the way I look at this is um, as the obstacles that you have to get to action. What are those obstacles that you, that it takes to get to action so that you can get your business going? And all of us have a dream or the dream can be your goal or a purpose. Um, a why, you know, whatever it is, you, there's something that you're hoping you can achieve. And it could be a personal goal, like you know, lose weight or anything like that too. It can be small stuff or just giant uh, business ideas too. So whatever those dreams are, the first hurdle that you'll have to overcome is, do I believe that I can do it, right? So it's easy for me to say, I believe it's possible. Uh, you know, just like with the apartment business for us, I, I could see other people doing these apartment, projects and, and and making money and making successful deals and, and putting all that together. But what was it possible for me to do that, right? I had, to, I had to make that transition in my mind that Sean could do it. You can see that other people are doing it. You can believe that it's possible, but is it possible for you? I think that's the first hurdle you have to overcome. And some of that comes with learning what's what it takes to do it. Right. So the believing and learning sometimes will go hand in hand and they'll meld, meld together. But I think uh, once you need it, once, once you go to the next step, you really kind of need to believe, Hey, this is the direction I want to go. So once you, once you've established that, whatever time that takes, the first step is really to go learn more about it. Right. You have to learn what it takes to do this, that business or that job or that task, whatever it is. If it's losing weight, you have to learn what to eat and you know how to work out and how to sleep and All those things that you need to know in order to lose weight, you have to learn those things. And I think learning has two, there's two parts to learning. You want to get through the learning phase as quickly as possible so that you can get to believing in what you're wanting to do. And then you can get to a plan. Uh, But learning can also become an activity that feels like you're achieving something. Right. So I think people get into this loop of going to conferences and reading books and learning and learning and learning about a, a certain job or task or things that they want to achieve and they never actually get to the action part. Right. Because learning can sometimes feel like action, but it's not, you know, it, it, it is it is in a way, but it's not the action that you want to take to be successful for your, this new idea. So learning, you want to be careful with learning. You want to get through it as quickly as you can. You want to learn as much as possible so you can believe and and feel confident in your startup. And then you want to get to the planning phase as quickly as possible from from that. And creating a plan of action or plan of attack in this new business will give you your action steps that you need to take. So once you've learned what it will take to do the business, what you're comfortable with, and then um, get your your plan down to say, okay, what steps do I have to take to, to be successful here in this business from what you've learned? And then go hit it and go do it. You know, that's that's really the last step is really the most critical one. And just get out there and, and start executing the plan. And then what you'll find is that this thing will repeat, right? So you will you may have some success in your business startup, or you may have some failure in your business startup, and then you have to start over, right? So what was my dream? Do I believe I can do it? <laughs> then you got to learn from the mistakes that you made, and then go make, create, correct your plan, and then go take action again, right? So you're constantly going through this process, I think, over and over and over again, just to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And I stumbled across this by accident, really. I was telling my daughter about, um, I was kind of telling her this, you know, and saying, hey, this is this is how I think about what we're trying to do and how we go through things. And she was making notes and, and wrote it all down. I I just had this in my head for years. And, and so she <laughs> she created the poster. And so now I, I talk about it pretty frequently because it's it's finally a road mapped out. And I think this is a great little just five steps this is what you need to do, go run and get your business or your dream started, your weight loss, your whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And I think this is really repeatable and easy to use. So we share it with a lot of people as much as we can, but there's, there's a lot to it, but you can condense it down to really just the simple steps.
0: One thing I, uh, that you, you said, and it's something that I think that, um, uh, that we feel, but haven't really kind of described it in the way that you did in regards to learning feels like action, but it's not. Um, and uh, we, of course, we've, we've gone to uh, a number of conferences, some of the same conferences or masterminds, whatever the case may be. And it seems to be that they're, they're always kind of those people that they're always in those rooms, but they're never actually doing any of the work, but they feel like they are. And sometimes we can, we can get into that mode as well of learning, but not actually getting to the action. Um, so, um, so what is the, you know, you kind of do the learning. And I think a lot of that learning is not just to know uh, as far as learning um, uh, how to do it, but also learning uh, how to do the planning. So kind of the getting, getting to that yeah. step. Um, and uh, that, that can be the, the kind of the most difficult, I think area. Okay. So I've learned, okay, this is, this is how I do, but not really learning. Okay. How do, how do I plan this out? And then, uh, and then of course, just getting that, getting, to the step of, of actual action. Um, so uh, if we can back that well, up, we'll get to the, I'm sorry, go ahead. And I was
1: going to say to your point, uh, the real question you asked me was how can people that are sort of getting to a place in their life where they may want to try a new business or they want to try something different, you know, and and I went through that, that myself and you can apply this to what you want to try and accomplish, right? So you can, you can apply this plan while you're running your existing business. Uh, You can apply this plan to something that you want to try that's new. Uh, and the way you kind of decide—I um, I don't think that my my ultimate dream has never changed. Really, I think for most people, the goal, their goal in life, is really consistent—the big dream, right? So my my big dream is to provide financial freedom or financial independence for my family. And how I kind of do that is really the next question. So I can do that as a, a you know have an accounting firm. I can do that as a real estate investor. Um, so this, the, the overall dream is always kind of the same. And then I, then I break it down to these other dreams, you know, for how do I accomplish these things? But, uh, I think for someone that's trying to find uh, a new path and a a business they already have, they can use this system to quickly get through the process and see if the next path for them is, is, is right. Or is going to be successful and they can test a few things, right? It's because they can go through things pretty quickly. You. You think about it, you you get to the action as quickly as possible, right? And that's really the goal. Is to, it's it's the lean startup methodology, I guess, um, if you've ever seen that book. But you want to just try try some things and see see what's successful for you. And you can do that while you have a job. You know, if you have a job working for someone else, you can test out these businesses on the side using you know you just using a path to action. And I think that that may be one way for people to do that easily and and without a lot of. Um, I don't know, added risk, you know, uh, the unknowns, because you're eliminating a lot of that stuff as to go through the process. I appreciate Maybe that's that. Helpful.
0: It, it is. It is. I, uh, I think that that, um, uh, I think it does provide some, some clarity there. Um, now uh, on this journey, uh, that we're, that we're kind of going through from the point that we have a, we have a vision, we have a dream, we have a goal to the point of putting it into action. We're going to need to get people alongside of us aligned with us. And, And um, uh, so we're kind of beginning with the end in mind. We have this, we have this dream. We have this vision. There's something that we're trying to achieve. uh, And then uh, we're going to start working toward getting there. We need people to come alongside of us. And and, uh, generally uh, we can call them uh, kind of that, that counsel or those advisors that we put uh, around, around us. Of course, you mentioned two, uh, two wonderful men that have been, uh, made a huge impact. I know in your life and in my life as well, in both Gary and Eddie here a little bit ago. And um, they're, uh, of course, not just uh, just advisors, but also dear friends of ours. But of course, they advise in different areas. They help provide direction uh, for for us in different areas. But how do you um, individually go about uh, both, you know, personally and professionally? They may be different people. They may be some of the same people as far as choosing uh, those advisors. There's a scriptural principle and a multitude of counselors. There's safety or there's security. We have a tendency to to make better decisions and to uh, to um, to make better actions, I should say, or execute better when we have those, those good advisors around us. Um, so, um, so what sort of, a, what do you look for in advisors and what type of advisors do you put around you in your, both in your personal life and in your professional life?
1: Well, you know, the, the greatest success that I've had in, in sort of networking with people that stay in my life. And I, I, I think we, they talked about this at the last uh, uh, power room that we were at you and I and And they said, you know, some people come into your life for a season. Some people come into your life for a reason. And I never thought of it that way. Um, But I I meet a lot of people. And then, you know, as you're meeting these people, you'll find that you have have some, um, you know, core value synchronization. You know, you'll have some um, just goal synchronization. You'll have some of those things that uh, you want to achieve. You want to accomplish the way you look at the world, the way you see things. You'll have some of that kind of synchronization with somebody. And what I've found in my, in my life is that the people that mean the most to me, uh, you know, that bring the most value to me, they, their network also is the same way. Right. So, you know, I, I met you through Gary, right. So mm-hmm. I met Eddie through Gary. And so the people that surround Gary, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of those people stay in my life because you know, we have a synchronization of, of, just how we like to look at the world and how we kind of conduct business. And, you know, there's, there's um, uh, a, a helpfulness there too, right? You, you could call me anytime. I would be happy to help you with whatever you need. Right. And you'll find those people in your network eventually, if you kind of keep putting yourself out there and you'll find the ones that, that start to, um, I don't know, just stick around in your life. Right. And you'll find those people that um, they're equally as willing to help you as you want to help them, right? And, and that's really the kind of people you want as advisors in your world. I, you know, there's a few people I can call and, and at any time, I may have not talked to someone for a year that, um, that, you know, I have this, this relationship with, but they'll, they'll help me just instantly, you know, it, 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 no matter what, if I have a question about something, if it's, you know, I, I'm looking for. A resource of some kind, they'll, they're always there for me. And right, and so that's kind of what you're looking for. You're looking for people that are willing to um, give you that advice, or give you that assistance, or give you that help or that direction. Um, th- those are the most critical people. If you, if someone is in your world and they're focused on what they can get from you, or uh, never giving back, or you know, kind of their own path, or um, and just, you know, ignoring yours, they're probably not going to stay in your, in your life for very long. So I think it's a matter of just a kind of accumulating those people. And it, it's important to get out and participate in masterminds and, you know, uh, conferences and, and meet those people that, that you have that, that's that synergy with and that, you know, like kind of that, um, uh, I don't know, that collaborative component with, right. That you, that you feel like you can bring some value to their life and they, they can do the same to yours. And you have this, you know, great collaboration moving forward. I think that's, that's, that's the, the, it's really hard to find those people. But if you, if you get on and have enough conversations, eventually you'll run into them. And I think if you run run into one or two people like that, you'll run to, to multitudes, you know, um, I know, um, Gary and Eddie are surrounded by, by people that have that same kind of uh, feeling in life is that they want to serve and they want to be helpful and they want to. They want to help other people achieve their dreams and things like that so it's you know once you kind of get into a network like that there, you know, there's a multitude of people in my life now that i can go to any day moment and get almost any question i needed answered right now so
0: i, thought, I like that and um uh, as far as getting in the room of course having some sort of value uh to, to to bring uh to bring to those people whether you're you may or may not be speaking but you go in there go into a room uh connect with people have something of value to to bring um, kind of uh, getting past the uh, kind of that nervousness of talking to somebody new yeah. kind of thing that we, we kind of all like, deal with. And I know every time I go into a, a room that I don't know a whole lot of people, I kind of feel that same way. Um, but then I also know that there's, you know, I have something that can help somebody else and uh, likewise. And then it's interesting how sometimes we uh, will pick up on those strongest relationships, sometimes come away from those uncomfortable moments. It may have been just kind of walking up to a random person. Uh, my one of my latest uh, kind of business relationships that I have just came from me just kind of stepping a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Actually, at Power Room, uh, kind of stepped up and um, just began to talk to someone. as somebody who's brought a tremendous amount of value and help uh, to to the firm, and and then somebody that's been able to provide been able to provide some direction. And so, uh, so have something of value to bring, bring it, uh, interact with people and you never know who you're going to meet and then who can end up, uh, can really kind of become, uh, one of those advisors or one of those helpers around you to, uh, to get you to where you want to be, uh, from getting the point of developing that dream all the way to the, uh, to action. And so maybe, maybe have a book in you, Sean, at some point you can, uh, you can, uh, you can build this out and, and sell to the masses.
1: Yeah. So, all
0: right. <laughs> That's um, a
1: really but, good point you make there is that I, I, every time I go to these conferences and, and things, I, I never go with the agenda of who, who's the here to serve me. I always, I always go with, how can I help this person I just met? And even if I can't help them in the, in the moment, I make sure they have my contact information. I make sure that they understand that they can reach out to me anytime. You know, if you're, if you're coming with a, a servant, you know, a giving heart or whatever, giving spirit, uh, I think you're going to get that back. So I, that's a really good point you made. Uh, making sure that you're you're giving as much as you can in, in any of these interactions and and I think that's really how you get back more
0: before we wrap it up and I want to give you an opportunity as far as you know, how can people reach out to you and um, uh, we can we can talk on that before we before we wrap things up but there's you' going to bring somebody on the podcast I almost categorically ask them uh, this question uh, and that has to do with um, with success or failure so uh, this point in your career you've worked with a number of entrepreneurs anywhere from those uh, who are just kind of just kind of in that startup phase all the way up to those who may be running an extremely profitable seven, eight or nine figure business. What are the top reasons uh, that you, that you've seen that results in the success or failure of an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I think everything starts with your, with your, with your dream and your vision, your why you have to have a good, strong why you, you know, this is every business is tough and you're going to have to endure some, some hard times. And if you're a pull towards your goal, and your dream is not strong enough, you'll you'll give up, right? And I think resiliency is probably the number one thing that successful people have to have, right? There's going to be challenges, there's going to be, you know, um, obstacles, you've, you've got to make sure that you're strong enough to overcome those things. And if your purpose and your why and your pull is not strong enough, you're gonna, you're gonna stop, right? I have I have days often, we're trying to do something really big in our business. I'm trying to create a giant business now, you know, with my daughter and my family. And I have days often, you know, depending on what we're going through at the moment, I have days often that I think to myself, I don't think I'm built for this. You know, I just, I just, I seriously don't think that I'm the guy to make this happen. And I have to sit down and say, okay, I, you know, I don't have any choice. My purpose is too important, right? The thing that I want to accomplish is so important to me that I'm going to, I'm going to walk through this fire. I'm going to walk through this wall. I'm going to walk through this problem. Right. And so I think the difference between success and failure is, is your resiliency. And I think your resiliency is rooted in uh, how much you believe in what you're trying to accomplish. And I think if you have a strong enough purpose, uh, then you'll be Okay and if you're constantly sort of refining your techniques and your business and, and always modifying what you need to modify to, to get to success, you know, you're, you're going to pick paths every day and those paths aren't going to get you closer to your success. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pivot and correct those things. As long as you're always monitoring your success and failures and always working towards your goal, uh, that's going to be very helpful too. But I think if you start with a strong enough purpose, and just hang in there long enough. Uh, you'll you you know you should you should get to your success at some point for sure.
0: Um, if someone wanted to reach out to you, uh, is there a type of person that um, you really could use help from? You know, if you have a raise or something you're trying to do, uh, that um, that they could reach out to you, or if someone in just in general wanted to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, so our, our website probably the best place to go, but we, you know, we're always, I'm always taking calls with people. If someone wanted to reach out to me and, you know, if they're getting just getting started in real estate, I, you know, I talked to some people at our meetup last night that, uh, they're just getting started. They're like, this is the first event they'd ever been to. And, you know, I said, I said, please contact me. I'll get a 15 minute phone call. I'll get you some resources to help you get started and learn your learning phase, you know? And so if anybody, if anybody kind of needs that help, they can go to the website. I think there's a, a place to connect with me somewhere in there, but you can reach us there. Uh, we're always looking for, you know, re- in real estate, in my business, you're always looking for deals and, and capital, right? So we're always looking for those two things. We, we help people invest their, their money in, in real estate all the time. So um, they can go to the, re- the website as well. It's uh, ThompsonMultifamilyGroup.com. And my last name is spelled a little bit uniquely. It's T H O M S O N. There's no P in the middle. Most people want to put a P in there, but it's T H O M S O N. Multifamilygroup.com, and you can get our podcast there. You can get all kinds of stuff on the website. So that's probably the best single place to go to get to us really quickly.
0: Good deal. We'll put the we'll put the website in the in the show notes as well for, yeah. for anybody that wants to connect with you, Sean. Once again, thank you. Um, you want to get a hold of Sean, it's uh, ThompsonMultifamilyGroup.com. Did I get that correct? Uh, Thompson, Thompson. Uh, Multifamily Group without That's the it. P. So Thompson without the P, MultifamilyGroup.com. Sean, thank you. We appreciate having you on. Once again, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please consider subscribing. Have a wonderful day.